everybody, and welcome to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable impact for Christ in the places of greatest need in our world. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about humility and the role that humility plays in missions and ministry. Uh, my name is Brian Lemieux, and I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa, and sitting here at the table with me are Mike and Michelle Tessendorf, the co-founders of Orchard Africa. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi. This is episode 23 for December 2022, and it means it's the last episode of the year. Christmas is right around the corner, and everywhere we look, we see Christmas decorations, the signs of Christmas. And for me, one of the one of my favorite Christmas decorations is the, the nativity. Uh, and we <laughs> we have a whole number of different nativities set up in our house. But one that always comes to mind is the um, little people toy set, plastic toy set nativity that we had out when the kids were little and each of the little toys were dressed up as a different character. And inevitably, the Star Wars characters would end up in the nativity <laughs> and other kinds of oversized stuffed animals would be there. And it was just uh, amazing to see the little kids uh, playing with nativity with all the different characters. So I, I just have that in my mind as I think right. about moving towards Christmas. Yeah. And it's such an American thing. And this is not a judgment. It's just uh, an observation that you have so many nativity scenes. Uh, mm. I have one. <laughs> I don't have mm. a whole bunch. Mm. But I do remember the one year I used the nativity scene to um, tell the, the story of Jesus' birth to our grandchildren, who at the time were probably five and under. So it wasn't really very smart to start <laughs> off with. And I had these little characters, and I was telling the story, and the kids were arguing over who was going to play with you know, the cow and uh, the, the angel, and I'm trying to tell the story. And then I thought, well, it wouldn't just be that they see it, but they smell it. So I hauled out some essential oils of frankincense mm. and myrrh, and the, the little kids were very interested in that. And then they started arguing over which one stunk the most. <laughs> <laughs> and for the gold, I gave them one of my rings. And, of course, then they were arguing over who, who got to wear it. It was chaos. So um, I haven't done that again <laughs> with my one nativity scene. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about humility, uh, for me, this is a time of real test of pride and humility when I'm out putting up lights and looking at my neighbors and driving, <laughs> driving down our road. <laughs> well, ours looks better than theirs. Or well, oops. <laughs> Not so good. Uh, well, <laughs> Oh, so. gosh, yeah. Now, there's not a lot of humility in Christmas decorations. It's the who has the no. biggest blow-up uh, in town sometimes. And, yep, yeah. yep. But uh, it's a fun season. It's a, it's a time when we remember how Jesus expressed humility, showed humility from the very first moment. He came and become one, became one of us. Mm. And mm. Jesus could have become um, human as an adult, Right. But he came as a child, as an infant. He right. grew up. He dealt with diaper rash. He uh, <laughs> dealt with uh, all of the challenges of growing up. And so talking about humility and Christmas and looking at Jesus' life. Uh, yes, you know, I agree. The incarnation is the greatest act of humility. Mm. Um, so what is humility? We're going to discuss that. And so... 
Yeah, we've been talking about Micah six eight for the last two episodes, walking through what we've called the six most important words or the six most impactful words that uh, can affect the world. And so we are uh, we're looking at the last two words, walking humbly. Well, let's go back to verse eight of Micah chapter six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, he has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so we're on to the last part of that passage of walking humbly with God. And humility is one of those things that's so difficult to talk about. We all know that it's necessary and we all believe that it's important. And we all agree that it's a virtue that's absolutely essential in our lives and in our ministry. But to talk about it and to teach it um, gets a little bit more complicated. I love something Tim Keller said about uh, humility. He said, uh, humility is so shy that when you talk about it, it goes away. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And um, I don't think we can improve on that a lot. But the real, the real deal is that humility is, is not so much about what we do and how we behave. Humility is actually a heart attitude. And it, it impacts on the inner part of our being. It's, it's a heart attitude of how do we walk with God? Not what we do for him or what we do for others or even what we bring to God. It's, 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 it's an attitude that governs the way we walk with him. Mm. And I think the, the key word there is walking with God. It's not mm. walking uh, before God or doing things for God. It's walking with God. It's a relationship. And it's a heart attitude that speaks of a relationship in which we walk in obedience to God. And it's a relationship in which we walk in dependence on God. And to me, humility is actually the key requirement for doing justice and then loving mercy. So without humility, those things aren't going to happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of that um, quote from Mother Teresa, and I'm going to paraphrase it, where she, she was asked, how did you receive your call to the poor? And she said, I'm not called to the poor. I'm called to serve Jesus. And in following him, he led me to the poor. Mm. Mm. It's the humility of following Jesus and being in relationship with him. And he then leads you Mm -hmm. to the poor. He Mm. leads you to your ministry. Yeah, and I mean, in many ways, Mother Teresa is an icon of humility. Yes. But she didn't start a ministry trying to be humble. She started a ministry trying to be obedient to Jesus and yes. walk with, mm-hmm. with Jesus. Right, right. And you see that pattern in Philippians 2 where it talks about attitude, Jesus's attitude and how our attitude should be like, like Jesus's and how Jesus didn't seek to be famous. Jesus didn't mm. seek to uh, even show how humble he was. He just followed um followed the call that was before him. In fact, Philippians 2 says, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing 
taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. Again, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And then the rest of that passage goes on that from that place of humility, God exalted him mm. to yes. the highest place. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that kind of ties in with what we were saying about Mother Teresa. Jesus is famous now. Yes. But he didn't start off being famous. Right. Jesus started off humbling himself and walking in obedience with God. Right. And when you serve the poor as Mother Teresa did, you don't go serving the poor in order to be famous. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Reminds me of <laughs> when I was young, uh, one of our family traditions every Sunday was to get the um, Sunday newspaper. It was called the Sunday Times. And, of course, my dad always had first uh, choice on which part of the paper he was going to read. And so uh, <clears throat> one of the other sections of the paper was called the Business Times. And so I would read the Business Times while he had the, the main section. And in the Business Times, there was always a page that was headed people on the move. And there were photographs of these people who were on the move. And it was all people who had been promoted or achieved something significant in the business world. And so suddenly they were famous because their, their, their photo was in the paper. Yeah, I remember those. <laughs> <laughs> and so growing up, I mean, this was when I was a teenager in my, my young teen years, I got it in my head that that was my ambition in life. I was going <laughs> to get my photograph in the Business Times um, newspaper because I wanted to be the people on the move. And then God messed up everything. <laughs> <laughs> there goes your photo. <laughs> well, in my, my early 20s, I, I sensed God calling me to ministry. And um, so, of course, there was a whole lot of stuff that went along with that. But one of the things I eventually realized is I'm probably not going to get my photo in the newspaper. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, Your life's ambition uh, is gone. <laughs> back then, people in ministry weren't considered to be people on the move. And so <laughs> down went my dream of, of being famous. Yeah. But then along with being uh, called into ministry, of course, my thoughts then began moving. So so what does a good Christian leader look like? How do, be, how do I become a good leader as a Christian? not a people on the move in the newspaper. And in that journey, God brought me back to this passage of a good Christian leader is one who mm. loves mercy, who does justice, and who walks humbly before God. And <clears throat> this passage that Brian just read from Philippians, mm. that humility is the key to walking with God. Mm. Humility is the key to having an impact on the world. And so I, 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 I set about learning, well, how do I walk humbly with God? Right. Well, let's do that today. Let's set about uh, talking about how do we walk humbly with God. Um, <clears throat> that word humble or humility in uh, the Greek, again, I'm not a Greek scholar, so uh, forgive me if I say it wrong, is tapenos. Um, and that word talks about having a realistic sense of who you are before God and before others. Mm. Uh, you're not to think of yourself more highly, mm -hmm. but at the same time, don't think of yourself more lowly. It's not. It's having that realistic sense of who you are before God and before others mm. uh, to pain us. But I know that we don't want to dig into the theology and discuss all, the, all of the meanings of the Greek word and all the other things. I think today we want to talk practically. 
um, how do we who are in ministry, even those who are not in ministry, who want to walk humbly before God, uh, full, fulfill the calling of God on their life, um, how do we practice humility uh, in a practical way? Mm-hmm. We could spend all morning discussing yeah, there's the very theology. Little, there's very little debate about whether humility is a good thing or yeah. whether it's valuable. We all know that it is, but living it out is Right. We all know it's key. a value that we should pursue. So how do yeah, we do that? Yeah. And let's talk about that. Mike, any ideas from you? Well, I think for me, one of the keys to developing humility is, and and this is one of the things I learned and struggled with in ministry, is that as a leader, to recognize that I'm not always right. Mm, that's you good. Know, uh, I think one of the sort of... <clears throat> Images we have of somebody who's a leader is he's got all the answers. He knows what to do and he knows how to tell me what to do. And so humility or an attitude of humility is just that that awareness, that recognition, that acknowledgement is I don't have all the answers. I don't have to have all the answers and I'm not always going to be right, Mm. which means that I open myself to hearing from others. in humility to be corrected. Yeah. I found it incredibly liberating in ministry uh, to be able to say, you know, I'm not an expert on mm-hmm. that. That's not my field of expertise. So I don't really know. Mm. It, it really is a liberating feeling, mm. as you said, when you don't have to mm. know everything. And of course, there's a progression in ministry. You know, when, when you're just starting in ministry or when you have a junior position in a ministry, uh, you don't always feel like you have to know everything and, and be right all the time. But as you rise as a leader and as you become more senior, that pressure becomes far more um, prevalent, prevalent mm. and, and real. And I think that at the very point where you need to be the most humble is the time when the opportunity is there to be the most prideful. Mm. Yes. Because now I'm a mm. senior leader and... I can tell everybody what to do and how to do it because mm. I've arrived. Mm. And that's when humility goes out the window. Right. Yeah, when you're young in ministry, you can't hide it. <laughs> everybody knows <laughs> you're still trying to figure things out. Yeah. But when you've you've learned some things as a leader, uh, it is the time when you have to be intentional to listen to others more than speaking. And a lot of times, and I think that's the second thing we can do, is uh, spend time listening to others. Uh, sometimes when we have more opportunity, if we're a ministry leader or, or over a certain department of ministry, people are going to ask you to talk often more than listen. And it will take the leader to say, well, hold on, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And being someone who uh, embraces um, the voice of the others at the table and invites them to speak, and sometimes uh, the more that we have influence or the more people that are part of our ministry, the the more that people um, will just echo what we already, already said. And sometimes mm-hmm. we don't see what we need to see. That's a very good point. Because um, people aren't aren't talking to us. And so we have to seek out that and, and model what it means to 
seek the voice and of other people and not always be the person who has the right answer around the table. Yeah, that's very good. I think for me, it's um, cultivating this attitude of gratitude. And I know that that sounds uh, very cliched, but we don't have to always be seeking for more. Mm. We can simply just be grateful for what we have. Mm. Um, in our ministry, in our life, in our uh, finances, it's just to, I, I think, the sense of humility when you can just be grateful for what you've got um, and not be constantly striving for more, mm -hmm. uh, striving for more fame, as we spoke about earlier on, uh, more attention in the ministry world, uh, a larger church, uh, a bigger department in the church, uh, uh, whatever it is. There's nothing wrong with wanting to um, get ahead in life. But in that process, I think we need to find a place to be grateful for what we have already mm. in this moment. Be grateful mm. and uh, be humble with what you have right now mm. and not trying to be prideful for more. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, back in the day, we've shared the story before of how our children were so very young when we started out in this ministry feeding kids on the garbage dump. Mm. And I, I remember just the the the... the impact that it had on me when we would sit down and have our, our evening meal and pray and say thank you lord for the food and then it hit me that the meal we have might not be the best or the greatest or the most but we are sitting down to eat and we're saying thank you mm -hmm. with our people that we have just been with every day and we'll see tomorrow who actually don't even have food to say thank you mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. right and right. so just to be grateful for, for that meal. It's, it's right. more than just thank you, Jesus, for the food. Mm -hmm. Thank God I have food when there are people who don't have any. Right, right. and be grateful for that yeah. because there's so many people who go for days without food. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's good. Um, perhaps another area of, of leadership where I think humility can be developed is the ability to ask for help. Mm even if you don't think you need it. <laughs> That's so hard to do. Yep. Um, it's, it's, it's humility to recognize that we all need help. And then probably another step of humility by being willing to ask for help. Because again, um, it's, 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 it's a sense of pride when mm. we feel like I know how to do what needs to be done. So I'm not going to ask. Um, my family who might might not be listening to this will say dad <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you're one of the most independent people we know things by myself <laughs> but that's pride yes humility is there are people who know more and can do more and can do better or who could just come alongside and help me and to me, that's an attitude of humility, asking for it. Right. I see that all the time in this new world of technology. For those of us who weren't born into this world, I, I, I see you struggling with something, and then our son will come up, and two seconds later, it's fixed. <laughs> yep. You need to ask. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's important in, in that vein to realize that humility doesn't mean overwork. And sometimes the humble, you know, we think the humble person is the person who never stops 
working, never stops um, sacrificing their time and energy. But humility, I can back to your point there, Mike, that uh, recognizes what you have capacity to do and what you don't have capacity yeah. to do and what God has capacity to do mm. or what other people have capacity to do. And mm. I think it's pride that ends up being the, peop- the source of overwork because it's all mm. focused in on what I can do only mm. alone. Right. Mm. right. And so sometimes the, the pathway to healthy ministry and mission is a humble approach that says, I don't have the capacity to do all these things. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think sometimes you need feedback from others that yes. can say, Mike, you need help. Can we help you? <laughs> or Brian, uh, you, you can't yes. lift that all by yourself. And right. I remember a um, moment when I was in seminary and we had these massive air conditioners that we had to put in the window and it was stored up in the uh, kind of like the attic of our, our seminary dorm. And I thought, I'm just going to bring that down. I can bring it down on my own. And it was way too heavy. And somebody <laughs> saw me carrying this massive air conditioner. And they said, they gave me a little feedback. Like, you can't, you can't carry that on your own. You, you, need, you need some help. And um, as leaders or as people or as parents or as um, those who serve as volunteers in their church or whatever capacity you have, we, we all need feedback Mm. Uh, pride causes blindness yes but humility helps us to see right yes and we need the humility to ask what do you see in me what do you see in the area that i serve that that could be improved or is something maybe i just don't see that would help us um, take new ground together so being willing to Uh, seek feedback and do it regularly. Like Mm. we we need feedback often. Mm. Right. And I think then um, building on that, another point would be to allow yourself to fail. Mm. Um, If you are going to get feedback and it's not quite what you wanted to hear in the first place, to allow yourself to fail. Mm. We Let's just face it, we're all going to fail at some point. Mm. If we just acknowledge that and accept that we're not always going to get it right, we are going to fail. Sometimes we're going to get feedback that is telling us uh, this is not quite a successful way to do things. Um, I think that is humility, is allowing yourself to fail. Um, I I think Mm -hmm. of a particular story. It's a funny story, and I know sometimes failure is painful, and uh, funny stories don't always touch that painful part of failing. But um, I do remember that for me, I was watching the children in the village and um, all around the church that we had built in the village was just dirt, and the kids were playing in the dirt. They were running around, and there was so much dust, and I had this idea to buy a sod and come and put it down so that there would be green grass, Mm. and the children would love to play there. I mean, that was great. I had this image of these kids playing on the grass, and we did that, spent ministry money and put down the sod, and it looked beautiful, and everybody came out and oohed and aahed over it, and I, I felt, well, I did something really great. And the next day when I came, all the goats from the village were eating the grass. 
And, you know, it was like (laughs) just munching away. And the villagers were, well, like you were feeding our children the day before. And now you're feeding our goats. They're they're so thankful for you. (laughs) And it was one of those failure moments because I promise you the grass did not remain very long. It did get eaten up by the goats. Um, And it's funny. I mean, I can look back and laugh. At the time, my heart sank. And I thought, all this money Mm. that we wasted Mm. and the kids are not going to play on grass. But the point is that we need to accept that sometimes we're going to fail. And I think we're very prideful when we are not willing to allow adversity to be our teacher. Mm. Um, Those painful moments of of failure that I think we've all experienced, Mm. the ones that we Mm. don't readily tell stories about and laugh because they were so hurtful. But we do need to allow that adversity to be our teacher and be humble enough to say, I really mm. messed up. Mm. And what can I learn from that? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's really not the end of the world when we do fail. No. No. Um, <clears throat> not unless we allow it to be. Right. Not unless we allow it to uh, end our ministry. Um, but if we're willing to sit back and get the feedback mm. from people and say, I failed and uh, help me. How do I get over the failure? Go for counseling. Listen to those who've gone before you. Sometimes it means listening to younger leaders who see things that we Mm -hmm. are not seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, But just being willing to fail and, as you say, Mike, to not allow that to be the end of Mm -hmm. the world. It's inevitable. It is inevitable. If you want to learn, if you want to grow, if you want to take new ground in your life for ministry, you will fail. Just mm-hmm. like in anything, you're learning new skills. Right. You know, so uh, you're going to you, fail you as right a parent time. at some point. You're going to fail as a ministry leader. You're going to fail as a, a spouse. At some point, you are going to fail. Mm. And uh, I think humility is the, 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 the ability to truly look at that failure and say, what can I learn from mm. it? Mm. Where do I need to make changes? How do I not do that again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, another way to develop humility, in my opinion, is to live with a mindset that there's always something to learn from everybody. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, there's 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 no person more disadvantaged than the one who thinks he knows everything there is to know, and it takes humility to to be willing to learn from others, because again, when when you're in a position of leadership, you kind of feel that you should be the one teaching others, but humility says no matter how senior no matter what position i hold Mm. no matter how long i've been in ministry no matter what experiences i've had there's always something more to learn from everybody um prideful people isolate themselves Mm. prideful people uh, blame others prideful people are actually insecure and 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 close-minded yeah humble people are open to listen and say you have something that I can learn mm. and be willing to receive that. Yeah. Mm. And if we can move past the arrogance of how great mm. we are, or how much we know, and move towards humility of the people that can add to my life mm. and make me a better leader if I would just be humble enough to always be willing to learn something from others. From others. Mm. Yeah. I think one of the greatest lessons I learned from somebody else was uh, he said, hey, learn to be curious. 
If somebody disagrees with you, instead of protecting your own point of view, be curious. And that was also liberating. Well, of course, if I'm just curious, how much more am I going to learn mm. from others? Mm-hmm. Why do they think that? What are they seeing that I'm not mm. seeing? Be curious. Mm. Another way uh, I've heard humility described is that uh, it's a focus on we, not me. Yes. Mm. And our world can get so small when it's just about us mm. and what we can do or what uh, what capacity we have. Uh, it, it makes me think of uh, so many people today when you see them walking down the street and they're looking at their phone as they're walking and <laughs> they're, all they can see is their phone, not the hole that they're getting ready to walk yeah. into. And we talk about walking in humility. Mm. Sometimes, well, scriptures say pride goes Come. before the fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when your world is small and you can't see in front of you, you can't see what's around you, you a fall, a fall is coming. Right. Um, and so when you look up and you see around you and you see the other people God has put in your life or the things that you still need to learn, uh, or, uh, when, when things go well, that there's a whole lot of other people involved in why that went well. And mm-hmm. sometimes maybe this is another thought for us when we think about how to practically live out humility is to, um, review your actions against the language of pride mm. and when something goes well how do you respond to that mm. is your first thought look at what i did you know look at what i was able to do and there is a a, a healthy satisfaction from a job well done and there's a project that you've been working on and uh, it's completed and you feel good about that but it's the sort of the very next thought is uh, well Who's, who, who gets credit for that? Mm. And is that you? Or do you realize that you're a part of a, a team? Mm. Mm-hmm. Or you're a part of a timeline? There's yes. lots of steps that Got you there. came before you to get you there. Or mm. uh, the capacity and the providence and the plan of God mm. Mm. is a part of directing all these right. things as well. And so just always checking your heart, checking your feelings and managing um, the pride that might want to grow in your heart when, when things go well. Mm. And sometimes humility is a lot easier to cultivate in your life when failure comes and yes. you feel it. Oh, I feel humble. But right. when things go well and you learn and you take new ground and uh, you have success, that's when you have to check your feelings. Mm. Right. Because check your heart. that's where pride absolutely thrives and... I love that, just to to um, review our actions against that language of pride. I, lo- mm, I love mm, that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> maybe as a final note, uh, we can take the lesson of practicing acceptance. Uh, accept who you are, faults and all. That doesn't mean that you, you don't want to learn, you don't want to grow as a person. But if we get to a point of just accepting Uh, accepting where we're at in this moment or at this time, uh, accepting the personality that we have. I'm never going to be the life of the party, never, ever. Uh, I have a son and my father was. These people that could walk into any room and everybody would notice them and want to talk to them and with them. 
I'm never going to be that. And I've accepted the fact that I actually enjoy being more quiet and more reserved and to watch people like that in action. It's wonderful. Um, I don't have to strive to be that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I look at my daughter, who I think is probably more like me, and she's a tremendously creative artist, mm. uh, such intense ability to literally make a piece of art out of a toothpick. But that requires her to be more quiet and contemplative. And so for her to be who she is, that's she's got to accept that. And mm. I think for all of us to truly look at who we are as people, who's God created us to be, what has he gifted us to do, and accept that. Um, mm. Maybe we're not going to be the most famous person in our field of work. Mm. Uh, maybe we're never going to be the CEO of a company. Maybe we'll never be the senior pastor or uh, Mother Teresa. Mm. Maybe nobody will ever know our name outside of our circle of friends. Accept that. There mm. is so much freedom from coming uh, to that point of accepting who you are and what your place is in this great, wonderful uh, tapestry that God is weaving. Mm. And, you know, whatever that might be, if we can get to a point of acceptance... That to me is a a place of humility. Mm. Comes back to the definition you gave of the the Greek word of just it's a realistic sense of who we are. Yes. Who we are before God, who we are before others, and just being at peace with that. Right. Right. I think if you're listening in the car right now, you're on your way somewhere, or you're walking in the morning listening to this, or you're watching it, or uh, I think that's just a really powerful, forward-moving thought to help you uh, find a life of freedom. Mm -hmm. And to hear that you have a valuable role the way God has made you. Mm. Yes. And to embrace that. Yes. And imagine if we all could come to that place of acceptance yeah. and f use what God has given us to, to play the vital role with, that, together yeah. that he's called us to play. Well, that's a good place to land. That's a great yeah, place to land, I a great place to land uh, a season of podcasts uh, as we wrap up Micah 6-8. Look forward to the... Next season ahead in 2023, we've got uh, we've started to have some conversation about our next podcasts next year, and look forward to having you be a part of those as well. Again, would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us, send us a comment, a question, a thought at uh, podcast at orchardafrica.org, and we'd love to continue the conversation. But with that, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll see you in 2023. Bye-bye. Yes, bye-bye.